0: If I had to put a title on this brief meditation, it would be When the Sea Did Flee. When the Sea Did Flee. Because we see in verse 3, the sea, the Red Sea, saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. It's a really interesting and, yes, it's a poetic expression, but it I think captures uh, the, the full force of what's being communicated here when we read the sea saw it and fled. And then it asks a question there. Psalmist does, what ailed thee, in verse 5, what ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fleddest? Isn't that a funny way of, of uh, expressing that? What was your problem, O thou great sea, that you had to flee away when we think of the sea, the sea is, especially in the context of this, um, of this psalm, the sea is the Red Sea. The sea was the insurmountable, impossible, great barrier for God's people. It was that which they faced and which they could not solve. It was the great sea in front of them. They were stuck. They were stopped. The armies of Pharaoh were behind them and the sea was in front of them and it seemed like the inevitable was going to happen. There was no way out. It was impossible. That was the sea. And when you think about the sea and just keep thinking about how that applies in our lives, there are plenty of things that we see in our own lives that we can't even imagine a way around. It's been so long or the mountain is so high or the sea is so vast in front of us that even with our greatest imagination, we can't imagine how the deliverance will come. Usually, if we had to start imagining a deliverance, it would come in the way in the form of a boat. So we see a sea in front of us, and all we can think in our minds is, we need a boat, we need a boat, we need to get over the sea, and the boat is the only thing that we can think of. And sometimes when we have these, these great trials, these great obstacles, these sea-like, mountain-like challenges that are before us, in our minds, we're thinking just one thing. We need a boat. We need more money. We need a person. We need something. We need a preacher to come. Uh, That's the only, that's how narrow our vision is, is. And that's usually how we pray. Lord, send the boat. Lord, send the boat. Lord, send this solution. Or send the money. Or send that person. The point simply is this. We have in our minds what the solution should be to these great challenges and the seas that are often before us. And it's not what God has in his mind. And I thought, thought of it in this way. We are often just paddling around in the perimeter of the possible. That's just maybe a way to remember it. We find ourselves just paddling around in the perimeter or in the pool of what is possible. This is our salvation. This is what we need for this particular situation. And that is all we can see, and that is all we usually can pray. And that is limiting the Lord. You see, they didn't need a boat. What they needed was for the flea, <laughs> was for the sea to flee. And that's impossible. That's something that nobody could have dared to even imagine. It was so impossible. And yet that's exactly what happened. The sea fled. And in fact, it's funny because the psalmist says, What was your problem, O great sea? What ailed thee that thou didst flee? You see, even the greatest impossibilities are nothing. They become tiny Tiny little things, obstacles, when we have, which will be my third point, when we have the presence of the Lord brought into the picture. So the first point is simply the sea, that which is impossible. And again, bring in the impossibilities of your life. Bring in the impossibilities of of this culture that we're, this degenerate culture that we're living in where we see such an, an absolute overhaul of all that is right and righteous and godly and moral is 100%, no exaggeration, turned on its head. And we think to ourselves, we can't deal with this. We have no power. We need to start praying like the kings. We have no might against this great company. Neither know we what to do. But as Jehoshaphat prayed, but our eyes are upon thee. As Asa prayed, it is nothing with thee, O Lord, to deliver with many or with them that have no power. But we rest on thee, and in thy name we go. What ailed thee, O sea? We need the Lord. The second thing I just want to observe here is the the reference to Jordan. So in verse 3 it says, The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back now why is this significant in my mind it's significant because jordan was the episode that happened when the when the jordan river split but that happened to the next generation so in exodus chapter 14 by the way read it again. We all know the story, but it's pretty thrilling when you read it again. Exodus 14, you see what happened with the Egyptians and with Pharaoh and the Great Sea just opening up like that. But in Joshua 3, you have it essentially happening again. Now, this is this is helpful for me. This was helpful for, for, for me when I was meditating on this because when we think about all the great things in the past, we have this we have this tendency to think it can't happen again. It can't ha- like, We don't deny that it happened. And we're quite happy that it happened. But for some reason, it can't happen again. And certainly couldn't happen in our context. We'll, we will, for whatever reason, we will not see it. But what's encouraging is that that next generation got to see the great work that God did for the previous generation, for their generation. They saw it. And in fact, it was, uh, uh, if we read this in Joshua 4, it says here, Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. The waters were cut off. And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And it says, it goes on to say that, well, I can't find exactly where I was. It was Joshua 4, but it goes on to say, and I'm not going to try to search for it here now, but it goes on to say that this was done so that the enemies and God's people as well would know that the Lord was with them. It was to show them something. And it was to show them not to simply impress their carnal delights, but it was to show them that the Lord was with them. And that leads me to my my last point, which is simply, What ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fleddest thou Jordan, that thou wast driven back? And the answer is in verse 7 of... Psalm 114, Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. What did it was God's presence with God's people. That is the the apex of this psalm. It's the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And as I was trying to find there in Joshua 3, it was to show that God was with his people. And you read in Romans 8 that if God be for us, who can be against us? If God is with his people, if God is with us in whatever situation that we find ourselves in, it's not more money that we need. It's not a person that we need to come to our salvation. We need the Lord and that's why we're here to pray and, I'm, and we seek to keep our focus on that. What it is that we need and it doesn't matter what your context is. What it is that you need the most is God's presence. Now we don't think that that's what we need the most because like I say, you know, and I've been convicted of this of of late. It's what do I pray for after I get off the prayer call? It's easy for us to get into this mentality when we're on the prayer call to pray for all the good and the great things. But then when we're off the prayer call, we usually focus on the those things that we think will save us. But what we need on the prayer call and off the prayer call, we need the same thing. We need God's presence with us. Every day we wake up and that should be the first thing that we pray for and that we desire. God be with me today. I need your presence. And that's going to solve everything, by the way. You know, we're we're struggling with, with great decisions in life. If God is with us, then He will guide us. He will direct our footsteps. We're struggling with, with how to speak to people and how to communicate the good news to people. If God is with me, then he will give me the power to do that and much more. We struggle with uh, some of the, the natural things that we struggle with, whether it's our health or whether it's uh, finances. And these things are real and they're, they're very insurmountable in many cases. But what do we need? We need to know that God is with me even there. And he will not allow me to to fall or to fail if God is with me. We need God's presence. Our churches, goodness, our churches need God's presence. The place where you, you think that that should be happening. Our churches need God's presence. In in our prayer meeting, I think it was just past Wednesday, there was some reference brought to, uh, I don't know if it was in the place of prayer or if it was in the meditation, I think it was in the place of prayer, uh, brought to that scene where the Lord's presence was slowly departing from, from from the tabernacle. It was slowly departing. And it's as if nobody cared, nobody noticed. We need God's presence with us. We're seeking to do a conference in New York this year uh, by God's help. What do we need the most? We need God's presence. We could have all the other little details. We could have all the little other details sorted out, all the logistics. But if thy presence go not with us, carry us up not hence. We don't want to take a step anywhere in any direction without the main thing. That last verse in Psalm 114 simply says, Which turned that rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters. What is a rock? What is a flint? These are, these are things that are dead bone dry. They're dry. And they're dead and lifeless. Ah, the Lord with his presence turns those things that are rock and flint and turns them into a lake, standing water, abundance, and a fountain of waters, life. That is what we need. We need God's presence. I trust.